everybody. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Syndicate show. Myself, John, and Albert. How are you doing? Good. Busy, busy. Yeah. You came home for jury duty. Got to go tell someone they're guilty, right? Yeah. No. I'm going to go in there and be like, I don't care what you say. He's innocent. So they kick me out because I have got shit to do. You're going to be like, I am being not biased. I already am decided on my pick. Yeah. Like, I don't like, <laughs> get I'm, me out of here. I'm going to say something ridiculous. I know you're not supposed to do that. And normally I've always wanted to be on a jury, to be honest. Like I've never been picked. Yeah, I know. So many people have never been picked. This is my second, second or third time I've been selected for jury duty in Weld County. A lot of criminals. I guess. I don't know. I don't think, oh, Haley did get selected once. She actually got kicked out because, not kicked out, but she got, they didn't choose her. Because the the last question they asked her was like, well, how do you feel about people with tattoos? And she was like, look at me. Because she's got tattoos, you know, mm-hmm. all up and down her arms. They're like, do you have any bias against people with tattoos? Or do you have any, you know, do you think it's acceptable? And she's like, um, have you seen me? <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess they're like, yeah, we don't want her. Well, that's stupid. That sounds like they're the ones that are biased already. Well, that's how jury selection works, you know. The, oh yeah, they want to they want to pick the jury that fits their yeah the, their the, story. Though whoever didn't like, you know, the prosecutor. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. prosecutor or defense that asked her that question, but obviously they want to pick people that are going to lean their way, yeah. no matter which side. People of that have tattoos of the devil. Yeah, where say that was a prosecutor. I'm sure the defensive defense attorney was probably looking for only tattooed people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like they didn't tell her what the case was, so who knows? I know the first time I went, I made it. Like they didn't even ask me questions, but I made it all the way to the final like 20. And then we sat there for like two hours and they came in and said, they just settled the case. You all can go home. Wow. So I think I was about to be, cause usually I think they do a jury and an alternate jury. So I mm-hmm. think I was going to end up on one of the two, but then they were like, we were all getting antsy cause we're just sitting in this fucking room for hours. We're like, what the hell? Like everyone, half of us were blue collar oil filled guys. We're like, dude, we got to go to work. <laughs> And jury duty is such a crock because they pay you like 50 bucks a day or something stupid. It's like this does not cover what you're costing me right now. No. But yeah, they ended up coming in like, oh, it's settled last minute. You all can go home. So everybody is all excited. You wasted my time. Yeah. That's (laughs) how I feel right now. I actually had jury duty three weeks ago and I didn't show up because I was in Kansas. So I had to like email them and say, I couldn't make it home due to unforeseen circumstances. My, uh, I don't remember what happened. Something happened and I was supposed to be home but didn't end up getting home. So I had to email them. And then they ask you what date range works best for your reselection. So I told them like May because that's like two months out because I know I have all this work coming in. So I'm like May 1st through the 15th or something like that. And then they just schedule me some random ass day again. It's like why do you even ask me for a date range? Was it between the, it's not past the 15th is it? No. No. So no, no. Sorry. I told him June. Oh. Because I knew May was going to be busy. I told him next month, and here it is this month, and they've selected me. <laughs> yeah. They don't give a shit. It's the government. Nope. They, they don't care about anyone else. Yeah. So they're not going to, I'm going to be very grumpy. So they hopefully tell me to go home because, yeah. Just go wearing a political shirt. That's what I was thinking. Or a big old fuck it shirt, you know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Something Shh. to get kicked out right away. Is there any rules about showing up to jury duty sober? What if I show up like four beers deep and just. They might follow you up to your car and make sure you're not drinking and driving. I'll have Haley drop me off. <laughs> like, I wonder if there's a rule. I'm sure there is. 
Which is like showing up for a traffic ticket. Are you under the influence or have you been persuaded to say this for any sort of reason? Huh. I don't know. Because I got, when I got my reckless driving ticket, I had to go in front of the judge, you know, for traffic court. It was very quick. You know, they just go through the repetitions. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was on, I was delayed because I was just trying to catch up to what they, what she said. But yeah, they definitely ask you if you're under the influence or if anyone persuaded you to be here or give you the answer that you're giving. Huh. You can be like, I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I have always wanted to be on a jury. I think it'd be a life experience. It needs to be jury duty that's like worth it. Not some piddly peon case. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'd want to be like, yeah, like a serious case. Yeah. Like, I want to be on the Johnny Depp Amber, Amber Heard case. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're going to be in court for like a month. Well, yeah. I'll be sitting there rooting, Johnny, give me some pancakes. <laughs> yeah. He, no. he brought pancakes to everybody in the mornings. I'd be mad if I had to take a week out of work to listen, listen, to, listen to some rich guy argue about his speeding ticket and his Porsche on I-25. Yeah, and his relationship problems. Yeah. That would suck. That would I, would, suck. I would rather be, you know, like a murder trial or like some crazy business laundering type of thing. Sitting there taking notes beside yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does this guy say? But hopefully it all goes smooth because I got, this episode is going to come out in two weeks, so it'll be a little bit in the past, but I've been slammed mm-hmm. and getting more slammed. Yeah. Well, that's a good problem to have. Busy is a good problem to have. Yes. It's an irritating problem, but it's a good problem. That's very true. Yeah, because when this comes out, I'll be... Freshly back from Florida. Woohoo. Woohoo. And then I'll be getting ready for Truck Fest. When's Truck Fest? June 11th at Bandemir, the last year of Bandemir. Yeah. So if you're in Colorado, spend it at Bandemir on June 11th. I bet you it is going to be busy. I know a lot of people are going to try to get in. Yeah. I don't know if I should say this on air, but I heard a rumor they might have bought property out here. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, because true. when when I signed up, it was like a week or two before they announced that they, this was their last year. So so me, I was like, well, that sucks. But on, on a business end, that's awesome because it's going to be the year where it rallies everybody to show up. Yeah, I guarantee it. So I signed up for Truck Fest, and I haven't said this one on, on Facebook yet, but the KBPI Rock and Roll Car Show. There you go. Um, and depending on how Truck Fest goes, I might sign up for another one or two. And it's going to be my biggest event because their their smallest space is a 20 by 20. Oh, so you got some room. So I, yeah, I have to go buy another setup to put on top of my current setup. So I'm going to have a bunch of fucking room. Yeah. And then you need to make a bunch of stuff to put on those setups. Yeah. So I'm going to go buy mannequins and all sorts of <laughs> shit. I'm trying to think of ways to take up space. There you go. But it'll be, it'll be fun. It's going to be a lot of a good time. Yeah. Sounds like it. No, I bet you it is going to be a busy year. Cause even I haven't been, we used to go to Bandamere a lot, and I haven't been in quite a few years. And even I was telling Haley, like, we need to take the kids before it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But I did hear some rumors in the rumor mail that the Bandamere family might have bought property out here near Hudson. So that, oh, really? So that might be a thing. I don't know. Don't take my word for it. It's just a rumor. Just a rumor. Yeah. So we shall see. Yeah. But you know what revolves around Bandamere moving? Money. Money. <laughs> that segue. <laughs> Yeah, you know, want to what you want to know why they're closing? Probably because of money. Yeah, I have a few opinions on. Bandamere. I think it's dev- development, location, and the people that the state have, has brought. That's yeah, my opinion. That's a lot of it. I feel like a lot of that too is. Uh, I don't want to say the Bandemir family's pushovers, but I would say, I don't think they did a good enough job when they were doing protests, rallies, meetings, 
with these developers. Mm-hmm. And I think um, they might have planned it accordingly too because they might have looked f- like I don't know them, but I could see them looking like in the future. They've been de- dealing with the development problem out there for 30, 20, 30 oh, yeah. years. Um, they might have looked at it and just said, because, you know, a drag track has a lifespan. So they might have looked at it and said, by the time we have to reinvest in this track, you know, build new stands or repave track, all this stuff, it's going to be about the same time the problem with this development bubble is going to burst. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll just plan it all to shut it down and relocate. So makes but, more sense doing it that way. I hope that's what they did, but I just remember when they would, like, they were fighting it for a while, but their call to actions were like, you'd see a Facebook post like, at eight o'clock at night that they were trying to get people together for nine in the morning. <laughs> oh, not planning very yeah. well. Okay. So it's like, dude, car community is big and everybody loves each other in the car community. Throw some billboards up, put that shit out and you'll get a lot of people to, you know, respectfully be on your side. It's, I don't want to say protest, but they were just trying to get people to come to like the courthouse and so, yeah, support the cause support. Yeah, yeah. And politely support them. And I think they weren't very good at that. Okay. But who knows that might've not ever changed the fact uh, yeah, I don't. I never paid attention to that much. I just know because Red Rocks is right next to it, so I just figured it was a lot of like noise complaints because people complained about mm-hmm. Red Rocks. Yeah, the development, you know, closing in on it, and then well, the good thing isn't Red Rocks a land or a historical site now or land. Landmark? Well, yeah, but the, who knows? They might try and get rid of it. Like you can't have concerts anymore. Blah blah blah. They or the or the once it's like a federal historical site, they can't do shit. No, they can't do shit. So I think that's what Red Rocks did is they got it named a historical site. But yeah, there's still wrong. there's still probably going to be some sort of like noise curfew. Oh yeah, but you could just be like Taylor Swift who got charged. What was it? Half a million or millions of dollars because she she did her her set that lasts until two a.m. because it was postponed because of rain and lightning. Mm-hmm. So you could be a gangster like that and just dump a fuckload of money. Yeah, I feel honestly the way that ties to blue collar people, drag tracks, uh, Red Rocks. It's the exact same problem we have out here on the eastern side of the state with these developments building around oil sites that already are there and mm. then people bitching about oil field work. Yeah. Like, it's the same problem. Like, um, when those houses blew up in Firestone, Frederick area a few years ago, like, there was a lot of problems with that. Don't get me wrong. But I still, there were so many people that came out of the woodwork protesting. And there was a big protest at the small housing development outside of Erie. I remember when that was just a field with a couple of wells. Mm-hmm. I mean, Colorado's version of a couple, which is probably like eight to 10. But yeah, there was no houses around it. They came in protesting, wanting that shit abandoned and cleaned off and all that. And it's like, those were there long before your little 50 house subdevelopment was a, built around it. Sorry, but if you moved into the subdevelopment, deal with it. Yeah. You don't like it, then don't move into that subdevelopment. I, I agree with that. Then you'll you also notice like if you compare Weld County to like Adams County, like Brighton area, mm-hmm. if you go down there and like drive around some of their well sites, you'll see that they have nice fences around yeah. everything and landscaped and piles of dirt and you know sound walls and all this stuff to accommodate these people. So the, the oil and gas is a lot, but you know fucking people need to stop bitching about everything. That's what I'm saying. Like all these people move next to Bandemir and bitch about the sound. Dude, oh, how dare they be you, so loud? You can't miss the drag track driving there. It's right off the side of the highway. Yeah. So it's like you, when you went there to look at your house, 
if you didn't think you were going to like noisy cars, then you shouldn't have moved to a house that's right across the highway from a drag strip. Yeah, the only way you would not have seen it was if you came from Denver driving on 285 and didn't even get on 470. Maybe. I still think you'd see their big signs. Yeah, you'd probably see something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure the realtor would probably say, hey, there's a... Oh, th- did you know that there's 10, 10 minutes away, there's a drag strip that has yeah. jet cars on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's annoying. Like I said, though, people need to quit bitching. I mean, that's what... If I was John Bannemere, that would always been my approach. Yeah. Fuck off. Don't move here. Yeah. All the race car drivers will move here, and they'll probably love it every Saturday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. This is a race car community. Yep. I don't know. It is what it is. Hopefully they get a new place and it's just as awesome as the last place. Cause that place, you know, lots of people been there. Lots of people like it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I take my kids, that'll be four generations of my family. That's at least been there. If not, well, four generations that's been on there. And then two generations have actually raced on it. You know, my grandpa used to go there. Oh really? I'm sure he raced on it. Um, my dad has been there and raced on it. My mom has raced on it. Oh, shit. Yeah. What the fuck my are you mo- doing? My mom did, like, the race to read, so she got to do, like, when the teachers race each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. My mom used to do that for the little school out east. That'd be cool. So she got I want to, to race that. a cop. Yeah. That'd be cool. They did a bunch of those. I've seen those. But I've never raced on it. But we used to go quite a bit. And then if I take my kids, then, yeah, that'll be at least three, if not four generations that have all at least gone there to have fun. Yeah. This is the year to do it. Yeah. We'll try. Hopefully. Chuck Fest sounds like a good one. KBPI car show is always really good too. I've never been. Always wanted to go there. So I'm glad I'm doing it this year. I'm going and I'm, I get to be there as a vendor. Yep. That'll be fun. Hopefully you make some money. That's what this episode's about is the money. Yeah. So back to money. Uh, we figured we could tie a few things into this episode just because the economy's taking a dump. Um, there's been a, you know, for years now, there's been lots of griping and arguments over minimum wages. The, I'm sure everybody has opinions on like how you should arrange your personal finances. Like we've talked about how you could be like me and be, have, be heavily leveraged or be like you where you're got a small credit card and a camper payment and that's kind of <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, and the pros and cons to both sides of that. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little less tied down a little bit more free to do whatever yeah but like uh like we talked a little bit before there could be a downside to that too yeah. if you needed it there's a upside to it to being to having assets even if you owe on them you can use that leverage or you can get screwed by it so <laughs> now we figured it was a good subject you know we had uh my brother text me and was like hey the i don't know if there's a debate going on around where he lives out there but he brought up minimum wages. Where does he live at? Missouri. Okay. I'll, I'll he works for a farmer, up. so I'm sure he's well below minimum wage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, he's a farmhand. So he, he does all kinds of shit for, I'm sure, low wages. Missouri's minimum wage, effective on January 1st of this year, $12 an hour. Yeah. Sounds about right. Because I remember when I lived out there in high school, like a good paying job you'd be bringing home like 700 bucks a week. Oh yeah. And I laughed. That's kind of why I came <laughs> back to Colorado. Cause I'm like, I could go in the oil field and make that in two and a half days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But different, uh, what do they say? Different strokes for different folks, I guess. I mean, to be <laughs> fair in Missouri, I mean, you can rent a house for a lot cheaper. You can buy the, um, 
buy a house for a lot cheaper gas is cheaper groceries are cheaper yes um so i have a couple pages pulled up here so like the um, let's see what was it average cost of living here in colorado is fifty three thousand three hundred seventy four dollars a year i call bullshit I'm just telling you what the Google what the Google tells me, man. They say that's the cost of living. That's the average cost of living. Average housing and utilities is ten grand. <laughs> what are they renting? A fucking doghouse behind the alley. <laughs> average house housing costs in Colorado is twelve hundred to twenty three hundred a month. That is the biggest crack of shit I've ever heard. Uh, that's what I was paying for rent nine years ago. Yeah, well, maybe mine's a little outdated. I think they fuck with the stats to try to encourage people to move here. Because I also just listened to a a local radio show earlier this week or last week. Um, they changed the numbers. So, like, the medium or median household cost in our state. So, um, I guess that's saying, like, the average single-family home mm-hmm. is over half a million dollars across the state. Okay. Um, and I think... They said to be above the poverty line. I don't know what the poverty line constitutes. I don't know if that means like you're homeless or you have something, but you're eating ramen. I don't know what that is, but they said to be over the poverty line, you need to be making six figures a year. Jesus Christ. In 80% of Colorado. Like, obviously you can move way South of us, move to the Western slope and get cheaper stuff. But yeah, yeah. I know Denver for sure. They said you needed to make like 120 grand a year to be, middle class yeah i remember when we were younger we that was our goal is to you know 100 you know six figures was a lot of money but now you have to have, have that just to survive yeah i just think that 50 grand number is bullshit i'm just doing quick math here no so i found another one it says how much how much homes cost in colorado according to zillow the median price for a home in colorado at the beginning of this year um was five hundred eighty nine thousand. yeah so over an, an, million, yeah, yeah an increase of around 50 grand in just a few months yeah so the housing costs is 1600 to 2800 so yeah this one went up a little bit yeah so that that, that one sounds a little bit more right yeah that sounds like what i heard i'm just doing quick math and i'm like look we have two kids and i've just doing quick math we probably spend at least eight grand a year on groceries eight grand a year yeah hmm i mean I, i feel like that's low Oh, I'm I'm guessing. You know, <laughs> that really sounds have, low. You really have to ask my wife. But I just did. Uh, I was doing two fifty every two weeks. Times you got how do you live sixty two? So it's sixty two, and then I added some. Okay, but I know that's probably not accurate. I'm oh, sure say, we spend we, closer we go, to two hundred a week. Yeah, because when we go grocery shopping, we can easily drop you know five hundred dollars. Yeah, but how often do you go grocery shopping? Not every week or every two weeks. Yeah, my wife. I think it's, it's kind of like you do one big trip every two weeks and then every week you have like a trip that's half as much. Like, yeah. I don't know. I ran out of fucking bread. Or yeah. Or I forgot to get this. Yeah. Like type Makes of sense. stuff. So I'm just, and I do think that's low. I bet you we are cl- much closer to probably. Like 10. 10, yeah. Two grand a month, maybe. I mean, yeah. especially right now, my kids are going through growth spurts. I won't stop fucking eating. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. I still eat like that. Yeah. They, uh. So, and then I'm just thinking like the average rent, like I know people were paying 1700 bucks a month for a single bedroom apartment on a third floor. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So that's 12. So you're already at 30,000 easily between groceries and rent. If you're renting a crappy little apartment in the, like not the worst side of town, but not a good side of town either. 
So I don't see how they say the cost of living here is 50. I, I easily see the cost of living here much more than that. Yeah, because Colorado is already four, 11% above the national average. Um, I can't remember where I heard this. I think it was on the same local radio show. Colorado has become one of the uh, most expensive state. I think it is the most expensive state to rent in compared to salaries. So like California is very expensive, but people in California also make 25 bucks an hour to fucking make fries and hamburgers. Yeah. So let's see Colorado's minimum wage. We, I know we just pulled this up a little bit ago. So effective January 1st of this year, 1365, $13.65 for Colorado, California effective January one of this year, all employers 1550. Yeah. But so, I nobody, mean, they have $2 more. Yeah. But nobody's paying minimum wage. No. No, like I know California, New York is much more expensive, but they also make a lot more money there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's inflation on a micro scale. You know, New York is $15 an hour. You make more, you spend more. That's just how it goes. But I, th- some guy broke it down and he was saying, like compared to the average salaries, compared to salaries in Colorado, the rent to salary comparison, I think Colorado is either number one or top three for the most e- expensive states to rent in. And he was saying, I think it was a Tom Martino show. Cause he was saying that somebody wanted to come on and talk about how rent is actually going down across the country. And he was like, I'd love you to come on and talk about that, but I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. I have not seen that. And then they did some research, came back and said, oddly enough, Colorado, you are right. It is not going down. It's actually going up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to come out here and lie on your fucking show. Yeah. No, no, no. They, they were just talking nationwide. Rents are going down. Oh, so she wanted to come talk about why, uh, why, uh, we might be in that market again where it's better to rent than to own because in Colorado, like I proved the point when I bought my house, it's cheaper to own a house or purchase a house in Colorado than rent. It was that way for many years. Mm-hmm. You know, I was paying when I first got my mortgage is 1300 bucks a month for a house and a shop, good size yard, everything. And I had friends paying 18, 1900 bucks a month to live in two bedroom apartments on the third floor. Yeah. So I like kind of proved the point. I was an example of how you could purchase better than you could rent. And it was that way for a long yeah, time. I, I remember hearing that a lot, you know, fucking six, seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. Which was when I bought my house. Yeah. yeah. So, but she wanted to come on and talk about how the market's kind of changing post COVID. And then with this economy, taking a dump, all that shit, how I guess national rent rates are going down. But then she was like, huh, Colorado is like an exception to that rule. Your rent is actually going up while the economy's tanking. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Colorado goddamn I yeah. hate this place I don't hate it I'm so mixed on it like we've talked about like I'm gonna move to Kansas I'm gonna move here I'm gonna move to Oklahoma like I've had all these ideas and I'm just I'm impartial like it it really if I didn't own a business I'd probably lean way closer to leaving well I mean it's not like your business is stationary you don't have to uproot an entire building it's just a couple some pickups and trailers and I then your office I say that but you also remember it's taken me three years to curate a small yeah. customer base that it still isn't big enough to support me. Yeah. Like I still have to do brokered work in between. It's took me three years to get out to that point. If I move to a good old place like Kansas where everybody knows everybody, everybody's already friends, like it could be a lot harder. It'd be starting over. Yeah. But to go against you, it's only, it's only three years. It's not like you have a 20 year, 20 year relationship with these people. Yeah. But I also have a timeline in life I'm trying to keep on. And then there's a point where if this timeline 
doesn't work out the way it should, I'm going to have to just say, okay, we're going back to working for someone else. Cause and then you're still stuck in Colorado. Yeah, but I'm not getting any younger, and I don't want my kids growing up in the, in the city. So there's there's a timeline, and, and I the also, city's coming to you. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying I'm thinking about staying in Hudson. I'm just saying like if I stay here, I can keep growing my current customer base. If I leave, I got to start all over, and at that point. Starting all over, does that offset my timeline of making sure I can buy a nice little farm for my kids to grow on? You never know. I do know. You don't. I do know. <laughs> numbers speak for themselves. If I showed you my numbers from last year, you would, uh, you might smack me in the back of the head. You never know. Granted, I am, I am doing the, uh, what we've talked about before is like just endure the suck. Mm-hmm. So, this, you, I never know. I know. <laughs> you know how? I know general math doesn't lie. There's a, there's a point where the math works and then there's a point where no matter what you do, it doesn't work. It's just like, imagine living in Colorado, making minimum wage, trying to buy a house just doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Exactly. You have three minimum wage jobs. I mean, I'll tell you as a business owner, everybody knows as a business owner, you're working for a lot less minimum wage. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So wages, I guess, I mean, we're already a few minutes in, but on the wages thing, what's your opinion on minimum wage? I know I have a, crass opinion on it i don't i think minimum wage is too high like i understand the cost of living and then the people's argument saying that i shouldn't i should be able to live off of minimum wage i don't believe that so do you think are you saying it's too high or do you okay so my opinion is there shouldn't be a minimum wage yeah. at all well so there needs to be a standard because obviously there's going to be some sort of competition level because we always um compare fast food and grocery stores and things like that for minimum wage jobs. So someone has to set the standard somewhere. If Walmart's going to pay 12, you know, and fucking King Supers wants the people, they're going to pay 15. Then it becomes this fucking war. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's a blanket starting ground, you know, Colorado 1365, like I get that. And then it goes from there. That way there's no ball busting or something. So I, I, I get it. But I also don't think that you should be able to, live your life off of minimum wage because if if I can go down the street and live my life flipping burgers at Carl's Jr. for thirteen fifty an hour, then it doesn't really sound like that that great. Yeah, you always hear those clips. Minimum wages are for minimum skills. Yeah. You want more wages, get more skills. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, influencers that preach that. I agree with that hundred percent, but I don't think there should be a minimum wage period. I think that is coddling society the same way, you know, COVID did. Like you need to let people take their own risk. If you're stupid enough to go work for some guy paying five when there's another guy down the street paying 10 to do the same job, that's your problem, not mine, not mm -hmm. the government's, not business owners. Um, I think when there's a minimum wage, it actually allows businesses to underpay because I think they go, oh, well, we're meeting minimum wage. Where if you did what you said, where you build competition amongst businesses to recruit people, I think wages would increase faster. Okay. Cause I think a lot of, I've heard that so many times in my younger life, like we're paying minimum wage. Like I told you, I quit McDonald's to go to work at Carl's Jr. in high school because they were paying 25 cents more. Mm -hmm. McDonald's excuse was, you know, we're meeting minimum wage. We're paying, you know, what we should. It's like, no, you shouldn't because Carl's Jr. is paying more. So that's where I'm going. Yeah. Like if you want to retain people, pay more. I think it just diminishes business competition between businesses. And I think it's one of a million things that our government does that allows people to 
be coddled and not take risk. Yeah, people rely on it way too much. Yeah, I've, like I said, it's it's not my fault you don't want to learn more skills. Yeah, It's not my fault that you're ignorant or whatever. Like, I just don't like government telling businesses what to do. Like, create competition. You're a big against the man guy. I'm very large on making a much smaller government. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, like I said, a lot of what my opinions are revolve around allowing me to decide and determine my risk level Mm -hmm. or anybody. I think you should decide, like I said, you should decide if you're going to work for this guy or that guy. It shouldn't be dictated by any government bullshit. Like, I I am okay with... Yeah, because at that point, if you're going to say McDonald's to call Junior, they both pay $13.65, well, which one do I want to go with? Then it's basically... I like McDonald's more, so I'm going to go work for them. Yeah, Or maybe Chick-fil-A comes in and pays 17 so I'm going to Chick-fil-A all day. Exactly. Fucking all day. That's what I'm saying. So I just, I don't think there should be a minimum wage. I think that is none of the business, government's business. It's only the business of employee and employer. Yeah. I do agree with like, not our current OSHA, but I do agree with like the idea of OSHA, which is like, I've, I've seen too many guys get hurt. I've seen all the stories of guys getting crushed in holes that they shouldn't have been in. And a lot of that is young guys because the old guys like, don't be a pussy, jump down there and do that. And that kid doesn't realize like how easy dirt can fall in. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a story, an article fairly recently of this guy that was down in a trench. There's been too many of those. Yeah. And sometimes you're stupid and in, in the fact that you choose to do something dangerous. And sometimes, you know, I, there was one, I think a few years ago in, Longmont or Greeley where the kid who died was 18. Like he, he wasn't choosing to be dangerous. He didn't know or understand. No one stood up and stopped him. Yeah. No one, like all the older guys on that job were, in my opinion, assholes and douchebags. And no one explained it. Like, cause when you're fresh out of high school, like he'd only been working there a few weeks, I think like it was his first job. Yeah. He just doesn't know. Like people, if you've never been around it, you just don't know. You don't know how easy dirt falls in. You don't understand wet dirt, dry dirt, hard dirt, clay pack, Mm. all the things so it's just like he's like the guys told him to do it so he's just doing what he was told he yeah. like he jumped into the hole and went to work and yeah. all of a sudden he oh, dead he exactly there's been too much of that so i do agree with like a level of osha yeah now what they've become i have a problem with you know their their baseline the idea of the the baseline idea is probably good but i think safety is acceptable but i think getting involved in people's money is not yeah that's, that's where I was going with that story. But yeah, I don't, I don't think they should ever be a minimum wage. I think people should decide. And if you let people decide, they're probably more likely also, like I was saying, I think minimum wages allows businesses to underpay. Okay. But I also think it allows people to settle because if businesses were more competitive, the employees would be more competitive because they'd be like, I work at McDonald's. I want to go work at Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A says, well, you need to meet these requirements to come over here and get this few more dollars out of us. So, yeah, so people th- would start to learn more skills to chase the money. Yeah. So then, th- yeah. And then they realize, okay, I can learn all this stuff at McDonald's, pay, get a few for six months, little couple, a couple less bucks, go to Chick-fil-A with God's chicken. Yeah. The best chicken ever fucking ever. And boom. Yeah. But they, now they just get kicked out because they have tattoos. Yeah. but now what we have is we have people who don't want to learn more skills because everyone's paying minimum wage yeah 
They're like, so, why should I go learn more skills? I mean, McDonald's, Burger King, they're all paying the same. Yeah. Except for Good Times. Good Times seems to always pay better. I always see their signs. <laughs> I haven't been to a Good Times in a very long time. I've actually had this wage debate. Like uh, when I worked at the directional drilling company, that guy was stuck in the 90s. He wanted nine, $10 an hour laborers that fucking work their ass off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're not getting that. Like he was like how we talked about. You have with, to go to the South. Yeah. Where you can buy a house for $2 a month. Yeah. Three <laughs> chickens and a bag of corn. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he was just like in the nineties. Like everyone, he, it was a running joke with him. Like I remember I had to go buy uh, a tool head and a sawn because these guys lost their stuff underground. So I had to go to the Vermeer store and buy all new stuff for him. And he calls me, he's like, tell me exactly what to pick up for those guys. And he's all, and tell him I'm only paying 900 bucks. So I go into Vermeer and I tell him what he said. And he just looks at me. He starts laughing. He goes, what the fuck does Donnie think this is? 1990? (laughs) Because it's $1,400. That's what it is. Take it or don't go to work. Or is he he one of those guys that just wants to to try and get a better deal on everything? No, he's cheap. He paid us $20 a day per diem. Oh. Like (laughs) fucked up. Yeah, he was cheap. He was was literally like a generation behind him on wages yeah. like when when he's definitely that old school guy that says i'm not paying you guys shit yeah he just like i said just 10 15 years behind the time he finally catch started catching up because he realized like he couldn't retain people mm-hmm. like he was paying his certain level like locators or drillers certain they could go to any other company and immediately make five dollars an hour or more so he finally in the course of the three and a half years i worked there like within the first year or two, I'd say he started jumping wages quite a bit because he just started realizing it was a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, the per diem thing, he was down there in Texas with us and we said, why don't you take 20 bucks and go get three meals, Donnie? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, you can't do that these days. And we're like, exactly, <laughs> dude. <laughs> what makes you think I can? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to reevaluate that, <laughs> you know? But anyway, he is what he was. But the, uh, I don't even remember where I was going with that. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, it was about, we've just been talking about minimum wage. Uh, competitive wages. Yeah. Damn. I don't remember where the hell I was going. Good, was it good times? Oh yeah, good times. So he couldn't keep laborers. Like, cause he wanted, I was like, you need to pay more. He's like, they're just laborers, 10 bucks an hour. That's all I'm paying. And I was like, we're standing on this job site in Parker, Colorado. And I said, turn around and tell me what that, turn around and look at that sign over there. And it was good times hiring, 1750. I was like, why would you come here, work a shovel all day in the fucking sun, sweat your dick off, or come here in the winter and freeze your ass off outside doing miserable labor work all day because none of it's fun work when you can go stand in there in the heat or the AC. Flip burgers. For 1750 Yeah. Why? And he was just, they pay too much. It's like, no, you pay too little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah. And then like you said, trucking industry, it's a big problem because- these companies know when you're hiring over the road truckers to hire people based out of the South, like you said, because the cost of living is so much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then somebody who's used to living in Colorado has to compete with that. So you'll often find wages not close to what you need to live in certain areas. Not yeah. even close. Yeah, just because from the traveling on my side of things, you know, we have our our set rates for us and then you get a lot of those people from the South, like a lot of how many, how many pipeliners and people in the oil field, do you know, that are from the South because that's where all the, that's where the money's at. And they mm-hmm. travel the country because that you can't find money like that anywhere else. Yeah. I've met a bunch of people from Mississippi and Louisiana just because they can make, you know, over $20 an hour instead of going and working 14, making 14 in a warehouse. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's a, con- I remember when I worked for the directional drilling company, when we were down in Texas, 
another drilling company came in and tried to poach a bunch of us. Oh. He came in. Cool guy, you know. He even told the owner of our company he's seen him, and he's like, who's that guy? He's like, oh, I was just trying to hire a few of your dudes from you. And Donnie just laughed at him and said, good luck. Um, not because he's the greatest boss ever, but because he knew. We felt underpaid by Colorado standards. That guy told us what he was willing to pay Texas standards, and we laughed. We're like, nah. Because like, he asked me, like, what would you need? I got this big contract. We're looking for drillers, locators, and truck drivers. And I was like, well, Donnie pays me, like, I think at the time I was making 24. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're only offering 18. I'm like, <laughs> bye see ya good luck (laughs) you know but that was i was young and i didn't understand how much cheaper it was to live in texas and colorado you know so that's what you see like the oil field see guys from the south all the way up in the north working because they send all they go home they go up there be miserable in the cold and the snow and whatever and then they go home and get to enjoy a lot more of that money being miserable in north dakota during the winter does not you can't you don't pay me enough oh yeah there's there's a certain level of people that are much more uh, willing. <laughs> I am not willing. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing depending on the job. It depends on the job. You want me to go drive a truck through, th- through some miserable shit? I'd probably do it. You'd still have to pay me exceptionally well. <laughs> okay, now get out of the cab. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have a whole different opinion if you tell me I need to go up there and, you know, be a laborer. Yeah. Like uh, You're going to pay me more. Uh, even more. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> D- double. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. But, yeah, so wages... What would you say to, okay, I mean, let's excel a little bit into our realm of kind of what we usually talk about, you know, the blue collar construction, middle class people. When it comes to wages, what do you think people should, like what should their mindset be when they're maybe looking at a job or thinking about leaving jobs when it comes on the money side? Obviously there's, you know, does this company treat me well? Where's the, like my local, my traveling, all that stuff, but specifically money, like, do you think people should always jump jobs for more money? Do you think people need to move a lot? Like, do you think it's better to relocate? Man, that's a hard question. Um, I asked you specifically because you've done all of this. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've also kept the same job throughout all of that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I moved to Texas for a couple of years. And I, but, I, I mean, I had my same job. So, money didn't really change. I kept the same amount and went to a place where I got more house for less money yeah. or no yeah more house for less yeah. money so because in colorado the house i bought would have been you know four hundred five hundred thousand dollars when it was a hair over two so i got a a lot better living you know from colorado's money but if it's chasing the dollar and you don't care about how you get treated then i mean chase the dollar you know how i feel but then but on my personal side of things, you know, I've been looking at wages in different states. And like you said, if you're going to move to the South and, you know, you've been making over, you know, almost $30 an hour for years. And all of a sudden the same job they're paying you barely 20 in the South. You're like, okay, well, I don't want that. You know, I'm worth more than that. But yeah. you're also used to making that mo- that money here because it, that's how you survive in the state. Yeah. So then you have to look at that those states is you know is that money going to keep you afloat? It might hit you in your ego a little bit, but or your pride because you're you oh, man. I've been making this much money for so long. The the real flex is getting to that that new area and making that same amount. So, in the long run, 
say you're looking at a 20 year career. Okay. Do you think it's better to move to somewhere with lower cost of living or move somewhere with higher wages? Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> lower cost of living or higher wages. Yeah. Do you ever think there's like an air, like at a certain point, does it ever cross a line of enough? Like, can you ever, so like, I know when we talked about like people moving states, Mm -hmm. one example I told you is like, there's certain states where let's say the cost of living go down, goes down 50%, but then your wages go down 60%. Okay. So you're still like the way I view it is like, you're going, you're at like, I mean, that's too big of a, it's more like, okay, let's say the cost of living goes down 20%, but your wages are going to go down 30%. You're still coming out, in my opinion, 10% at a 10% loss. Yeah. Because sure, the cost of living went down, but your wages went down even more. So you're kind of going to a lower level. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to the same, you're just moving problems from one yeah. place to the next. Yeah. So do you, do you ever see, have you ever noticed or felt like you're better off, like, go to the lowest place of living and learn it? Or do you ever feel like chase the dollar and learn that? Like if you were telling some 18 year old kid who's like, should I live in Colorado and make $35 an hour? Or should I move to Texas and make 25? What would you tell? Oh man, I'd, I'd, I'd have a lot of questions for him on like on the only based on work, not based on any politics, politics, not based on anything like do you think you're better off learning how to live cheaper or do you think you're better off learning how to make more money? Basically is what I'm asking. Um, if, okay. Colorado 35 an hour, Texas, you said 18, 25, 25 in Texas. I'd go to Texas. So you think the lower cost of living will still make up for the lower wages? You think it's enough? Well, I'm, uh, if, if you made $35 an hour today in Colorado, you, you do just fine. If you made $25 an hour in Texas, say you do just fine. So it's just a matter of which place do you want. So you say that at that example is kind of a wash. Yeah. So what if it was $35 an hour in Colorado or $15 an hour in Oklahoma? In Oklahoma? I'd say I'd stay in Colorado. Yeah. That's the example I see a lot. I would stay in Colorado and just save. Yeah. And stay, stay, stay with the suck. Or, I mean, but I'm also a big risk taker. You know, if I'm, if you want to mix up your life and go, go do something new, go, go fucking do it. So when it comes to wages, what is your, what's your thoughts on how to approach a situation where you feel you're underpaid? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to answer that one. I bring that up because I've been in that position and. I'd always, I've always been super uncomfortable asking for money because, and it's weird. It's, it's awkward. Um, yeah. And I've also seen clips of people saying, well, I've never gotten a raise over, you know, five years. And people say, well, you never asked. Yeah. How it, am I? That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, okay, well, how do you ask that? Yeah. I've been in that position. We've talked about it before where I was just a labor driver, then operator, then running a crew. And that was the answer I got was, I was like, I'm quitting because I ain't got a raise. And he was like, well, do you, what do you want? And I said yeah. a number and he said, okay. I was like, how come you didn't give me a raise? He said, you never asked. Yeah. Why would I pay you more if I don't have to? Yeah. And I was just like, at first you're like fucking dick, but then you're like, okay, look at that from the business owner point or the manager point. 
Yeah, I'm I'm doing just fine making all this money off of you because you're not asking for money. So why would I want to pay you more? Yeah, and you're still here, so you're not unhappy enough to leave. Yeah, I, not, I, so, I think you and I live, like we said, in that happy medium world where the old school people, they're used to having that those yearly bonuses yeah. or yearly raises, you know, your, your quarterly... 5% increase or whatever compared to now this new, the new way that's coming up is I'm asking for my money. This is what I, you know, I should, I should be making that. I'm going to go ask for it. Yeah. I remember I never met the guy, but I was told the guy used to work for our company where he was brand new, you know, forklift certified today, <laughs> you know, from the yeah. previous episode. And he was going to make the way I, it was explained to me, he was going to make this big old presentation on why he should be paid $30 an hour. Oh boy. When, he was just now getting familiar with the green tractors, I believe. And I, I don't know his skill level, but from the people that told me laughed at him. Okay. But I mean, to be fair, if you, if you want $30 an hour and you, you think you're worth it, go fucking ask for it. Yeah. And so, get an honest opinion, get honest feedback and don't be ready to get your feelings hurt. If someone tells you no, I think that's an important point. Two points you just said there. I think the, uh, the generational thing, cause the, it does seem to be a common uh, common theme when you talk to older guys like, I got a raise because I did this. Like, you're given it. Mm-hmm. And I've like I've had this conversation with older guys where I'm like, I've never been given it. I've never just been offered a fucking raise. I've had to ask for every single one. So <clears throat> my mentality in life is like, you got to go ask it or demand it or however you want to approach it. Because um, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, and I've tried different approaches. Like, uh, like the guy who taught me to operate, he was like, if you're a hard worker, he'll give you a raise. So for, I made this mental note and decision. So for six months I was top fucking labor, no five minute late Albert. It was 10 minutes early Albert. It was first guy with the shovel, last guy home, fucking cleanest truck in the fleet, cleanest mini X in the fleet. Dump trailers always clean. Everything's greased. I fucking to the nines after about four or five months of this because i i started what i felt was underpaid mm-hmm. but it's a new job so sometimes you take one you take it you yeah take you gotta hit. show your work yeah you take a hit so i do this and i get a few attaboys a few good jobs never offered a race so then i just said okay i'm gonna be that guy now who i don't do this i don't do that i'm gonna do the minimal thing i was hired to do mm-hmm. and i did that and i never got bitched at and i never got complained at either like i never got told like what happened? You know. Yeah, you need to pick up the pace. Yeah. Why nothing. are you? Why are you not? Why aren't there you was, really? There was no change on how I was treated based on how hard I was working. And uh, but my operator noticed it. He's like, "What happened to you? you? Used to work so hard. Now you're being fucking lazy." And I'm like, "Did I get a raise when I was working hard?" He's like, "Well, no." And I was like, "That's why." So, I had, I, I do see that point. Yeah, if you're gonna put your bust your ass for that raise and you know show what you can do and then you get don't get it then why would you continue doing it yeah so there's no point in doing that exactly so i stuck in that position yeah um but then at the same time you said you did it for almost half a year there's a lot of people that you know younger i'm just going to go with younger people will say that i've been doing this for three weeks i've been showing up early working hard been doing it for almost a month oh (laughs) whoop-de-doo yeah (laughs) young skipper yeah (laughs) you've been doing it for a month a lot of it, I think, depends on how you feel at the wage you start at. Yeah. But like you said at the beginning of the show, that you accepted that wage. Yeah. I felt, well, and I had this big problem, like, you know, here, being here in Colorado, I went from oil field to civil construction. 
That's a big change. Civil construction world was like, how are they paying you this much money? Like mm-hmm. they could not believe how much money I was making in the oil field. So there's, there's a big issue with that, especially in our areas where like, you know, even when I went to your company, they were like, what I wanted and what they offered me were, was a quite a gap. Mm-hmm. But I also like, I had to realize it's not the same. It's not the same. Like what I was going to be doing for them was kind of the same, but it's not the same industry. But I don't know. It's a hard one. There was a gentleman, since we're talking about oil field, he came from, I don't I don't even know what they do. I can't remember the term for it, but it's something about wiring up and shooting stuff down into frack and like blow the holes out. Oh. Live wire? No. Uh, I don't fucking know. I just had it. Uh, Wireline. Wireline, yeah. yeah. He did that for a very long time in his life. You know, he was 40 years old. Busted his ass doing it. So, and he saved everything so he could pay everything off. That was his his view. I'm going to work as hard as I can, pay everything off. My house is going to be paid off early. You know, I'm going to own my cars, own my toys and all this stuff. Yeah. And then he came and worked with us for a little bit. And he's like, I just needed a break. He's like, I can still, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still putting more money towards everything, even though I'm making less. It's, you know, it's just because I'm making less, I had to put a little bit less towards what I was saving. Yeah. He's like, but I'm not, I'm not busting my ass. You know, he's like, I'm 40 years old having to carry those fucking whatever the, whatever they are, you know, a hundred, 200 pounds. He's like, I'm old. I can't do it. And then he didn't last, he, he quit or whatever. And he had, he ended up going back to it, but such as the wage thing, it's comfortability. You know, what, what suits your living style? I think a lot of guys don't realize like when they jump industries even though they might be doing the same type of work but it's like going from the oil field to a reclamation job or a civil job running a dozer building pads to running a dozer building homes is completely different it's different that i see a little more similar but i'm saying specifically like that frack guy Mm -hmm. or the guy that did wireline you're talking about that's a fucking job like you're working with explosives you're doing a lot of different shit but when you're on the the frack side of the oil field um like I've even noticed it because I've worked in all sides of the oil field. I've worked on the reclamation side. I've worked on the production side. I've worked on the pipeline side. Pretty much all the major sides. Um, Have you wirelined? No, but I've been around <laughs> it all day. I mean, it's on it's on the production. Yeah. You, you know, frat crews is a frat crew, and they're all part of it. It's all part of one big unit. But that's what I'm saying. Those wireline guys, that's a lot of hours. There's no like, like for example, your company. It was a lot more time structured. You came in at six. You went home at four. Mm-hmm. That That's that. Where I was still adjusting, where I came from a world where it's like, I clocked in on six on Monday and I might not be home. I'll either be home at three o'clock Monday or I'll be home at 4.30 Tuesday night or Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon and I haven't been home for 40 hours or some shit. That was a big adjustment for me because I was used to being like, yeah, plenty of times where I was at work for two whole days straight, you know, or coming home for two, three hours and going back to work. That wireline production side of the world that's a lot of that and some guys like even if the scope of work is similar they don't realize how much you're getting paid more because of that chaos yeah you're getting paid more because you might be on the job site for 30 hours straight where you go to your company and very rarely are you going to get stuck on a job site for two or three days straight yeah you know, it's way more structured. Obviously, th- yeah, you'll things never, will happen. Never happen. Yeah. The, the longest I got stuck on a site was because we did some sand hauling in Texas. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not Texas, New Mexico. 
And we got stuck on site because the fucking forklift never showed up to unload our trucks. <laughs> yeah. That was not a fun job. Yeah. No, I mean, so I think guys, sometimes we don't see that. That was part of the thing I had to adjust to when I left the production side of the oil field was, yeah, like. Yeah, I, I, I made four grand this week. Well, yeah, you were on fucking site for 120 hours. Oh, yeah. I've had checks <laughs> that were $3,600 for a week. Yeah. And I was worked. I was clocked in for 140 something hours like mm-hmm. i remember doing the math and i figured i was at home that week for exactly eight hours jesus christ <laughs> yeah it was chaotic it was crazy not but for me i'm old now that's also like i had to adjust with that's why my boss was paying so high because that shit happened so yeah you're not going to sit on site for 18 dollars an hour for, for 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 that long no not when I can go over to your company and know I'm going to be home every night for dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why he paid me a lot more. Cause he's like, yeah, you might get stuck out here for three fucking days. You're going to get, you're going to put up some bullshit. I'm going to yeah. pay you for it. Like there was, there was times he literally, he, the owner came to the job site and was like, um, I got you a hotel, go sleep till midnight. I'll cover you. Yeah. And it's like, six I brought o- you dinner. Yeah. It's like six o'clock. He's like, go grab dinner, go get a shower, go sleep, come back at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I'll cover you for then. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, that shit happened. It's a hell of a boss. Yeah, he was good. We had a, it's probably my worst breakup with a company, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, when we did that sand hole, we got stuck on site until 1 a.m. because of that forklift. Yeah. And I ran out of food at five. <laughs> and I was I texting learned. people, like, somebody bring me some fucking McDonald's because <laughs> I am getting hangry. Yeah, I learned I have a bad tendency to be overprepared, and that all comes from that job. Like, if you go even truck driving now what i do now my hot shot truck you can go look at my truck i have an extra change of clothes extra socks i have a couple of snacks under the back seat mm-hmm. i have muck boots rain jacket everything's in there i'm always prepared for pretty much anything for every weather yeah. everything to happen my, I'm, I'm prepared my old operator used to laugh because how much fucking food do you bring in every day is like enough for two days what are you a fucking boy scout <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i was like dude i've i've been stuck on job sites for three days straight yeah you know yeah you, you, you'll learn yeah um no it's a it's a crazy one. When, when you're underpaid, it's, it's awkward. My advice to people is make sure you are actually underpaid. Mm-hmm. Because if you just feel like it or you're just comparing yourself to another guy at the job site, like this is why I always talk about, I feel like being open about wages is more of a pro than a con. Before you go run your mouth to the management, like make sure you're right. Mm-hmm. You can also Google what your wage, if, if you're being paid paid fairly yeah i think that only works for some jobs though well so i found a website where i you can enter in your position time frame you know qualifications what you can do and what you're currently being paid and then at the end of it it'll say if you're fair below or above and mine was like a hair above yeah but my problem with like doing that with certain jobs is do they have a box on there for you might be stuck on the job site for 36 hours. <laughs> no, not. Do they have a box on there that says I'm the guy who's late five minutes every day? Like there's a lot that can go into that. Yeah. I, th- I think it works for like very basic, like to make sure you're in a ballpark. But if you're at a job and you're making 18, all these other guys are making 20. Like if you're sure that you're, there's no reason you shouldn't be, like, and don't just be arrogant and just my dick's bigger type of guy. Like, think about it. Are you late? Or, you have a good attitude. Or, yeah, good attitude's always a huge one. I've seen lots of guys getting paid less just because they were annoying or shitty. Yeah, always argumentative. Yep. So, like, take a real, take a step back and look at yourself. And if, if you, 
If you can't find a reason you should be getting paid less than maybe your coworkers or less than another company pays for the same job, go to your management and talk to them about it. Mm. You know, be, uh, be open. I mean, that's usually worked for me. I've this very would be rarely a good been question told no. to ask one of the people we were talking about as a future guest. Yeah. I also know, I know who you're talking about because we had a conversation like that when I left. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, well let's fucking get him on here. Yeah. We, we, I mean, it was years ago. He probably barely, he probably doesn't remember it, but we had a short conversation about why I was leaving. And if there was anything like he said, he could do some, but I was like, this is what I'm going to get. And he was like, I hope you good luck. Cause we just can't do that here. Mm-hmm. And I understood that it's also two different types of work. Yeah. Like I was going to a whole different industry. Yeah. And you can't, you know, when he was willing to try and meet you somewhere in the middle, you can't hold the resentment just because he can't match yeah. X amount of dollars. He, he did what he could. He, yeah. because at the, at the point, every time you go on a job now, the, that job instantly loses money because Albert's here making fucking 50 when the job's quoted for $30 an hour. Yeah. I guess all I was trying to get to is make sure you, you take a step back, look at yourself honestly and comparatively and go ask because I've also worked with guys our generation who are like, these motherfuckers don't pay me enough. I'm fucking dragging up. I haven't got a fucking raise. Have you asked? I shouldn't have to ask. Like I've heard that so many times Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't know if you're just in the wrong generation to have that mindset, but I've never gotten one without asking. Yeah. I've gotten that. That's I've gotten one. That's a lie. Yeah. I did get two without asking. I got, yeah, I got one a long time ago. My very first job, my boss would do this like, uh, kind of review say, Hey, you're doing good. I want you to do better at this and that. And, uh, I'm going to bump your pay to this. So my first job, I actually did get, I think two raises without asking. Um, but ever since then, especially in the construction oil field world, I've never gotten one without asking. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking back because we we do reviews. And, well, we used to do reviews. It was a different thing years ago. Skull sessions. No, no, they yeah. had a different process. I still have that hard hat with that little sticker that says I did my first skull session. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they I've gotten two at the company, two or three, and then there was one, you know, in my time in between the, the, where I work, where they started me out at fucking. 11 12 dollars an hour as a laborer and i already knew what i was doing because i came from where i work now yeah and within three weeks it's like oh yeah here here's an extra two dollars an hour you you know what the fuck you're doing yeah so but yeah he was also an older gentleman he was already in his 50s 50s so he's like we said he was the older guy that says yeah you deserve this yeah well and it also like i said big things where you start because i've also most of the when i've worked for other people i usually go in and get paid more than they're willing to pay me at first. Mm-hmm. So I know not to expect, Oh, you know what you're doing? Here's a bump in pay a couple weeks in. Cause I do, I know that lots of companies that do that. It's like, they're willing to pay you 18, but they don't know you. So they're like, we're going to start you at 16. Like a probation. Yeah. We're yeah. going to start you at 16. When we see you, you are everything you say are, we'll bump you up to that 18. Yeah. I'm usually that guy that says no <laughs> 18 now or I'm not working here. Cause I've always had a high demand job, mm-hmm. like especially being, my fallback being a truck driver that I've, I've never not been able to get a job. So I've usually been that way and it, it's probably cost me a few opportunities for sure. You might not be where but, you're at if you would have said yes yeah, to that job. But I also know, like I say, I don't expect a quick raise right off the bat. Like I've never went in and then like a month later been pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Like I usually wait quite a while. 
I usually wait till I can make sure I'm right when I go with my approach to ask for money. Plenty of evidence. Yeah. Yeah. So I say if you're underpaid, just do that self-evaluation and then just go ask. Don't be, I've never seen, I've seen so many people quit because I shouldn't have to ask. It's like, I asked, I got a raise. Mm -hmm. We work at the same place and it's like, how do you make more money? I went and asked. I asked for money. (laughs) And they gave it to me. They didn't even argue. They just said, okay, we can do that. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have to ask. Fuck this place. I quit. It's like, well, it doesn't seem like you lost very much <laughs> yeah. when you, when you left. It's like, all right then. So I always tell people to keep that in mind. Different story. If you go ask and you end up in an argument with the management about it, then yep. maybe it is time to jack up. So moving on from wages, we've pretty much established that Albert doesn't think there should be a minimum wage and you think it's good to be a, there's a baseline. Yeah. We've also established how to maybe approach your wages if you feel underpaid or something. You should have a fantastic PowerPoint presentation with good animation and <laughs> ricochet noises from the old 90s. <laughs> you remember <laughs> those? Yeah. Hit the button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, PowerPoints, man. Um, what else were we talking about? Well, actually, we're in a new age. I want to see a well-edited TikTok video on why <laughs> you deserve a raise. Uh, <laughs> um. What else goes into money? Minimum wage, wages. Everything. Oh, we talked a little bit about... Your life. The life. So once you've secured your job and your wages, you and me are... Once you get tenured? (laughs) (laughs) Tenured. (laughs) Ah, that was a good one. Um, No, since you and me are completely opposite ends of that spectrum, you're a guy who's doesn't... You're not very heavily leveraged. And I'm a guy who's very heavily leveraged. And I think there, I think there's pros and cons to both. I do always step back and wish like, God damn it, I wish all I had was my truck payment and that was it. And I could do this, that, and the other. But then I also look back and say, you know, I started my business on credit. I bought my house when I was 23, 24. I was pretty young. Um, I remember I was really proud because I beat my dad. My dad also bought his first house very young and I beat him. Okay. So I was like, always like, ha ha, I bought it even younger. You know? <laughs> um, but I've always been heavily leveraged. I've always had credit cards, credit card debt, car payments. I haven't been as bad as other people. Like you see people that go buy, you know, the, the, uh, they're maxing their cards the, out the F two fifty platy and a boat and a camper. And two years later they lose their job and they're trying to sell the boat. They're trying to sell the camper. Yeah. They live this gets extravagant re- lifestyle. Yeah, they go yeah. way too overboard. I've always teetered on the edge. I've definitely been overboard. Don't get me wrong. Um, I usually try to get out of it pretty quick. I mean, I've pulled two or three debt consolidation loans in my life. So, I mean, but there was a short window where I was kind of like you, like my overhead was stupid low. Like there was a little window, very short, like six month window (laughs) where all I had was my mortgage. And I was like, this is nice. Mm -hmm. I could probably go work at McDonald's and still pay all my bills. Hell yeah. But then I got antsy and I was like, I'm going to start a company. (laughs) And then it all went to shit. And then it all went to shit because I also didn't borrow money from friends. I didn't have family. I didn't have a 401k to cash out. I was like, Capital One, Wells Fargo, swipe, swipe, swipe. I'm building this by myself. Love it or leave it. And I will tell you from a business owner aspect, that is a very difficult way to get going. Do not recommend if you don't have to. Mm -hmm. But I will also say it's not impossible, so don't. Don't rule it out. Yeah, don't rule it out. There you go. But yeah, so on my end, being heavily leveraged, um, the pros to it, I would say, is 
I was above a 750 credit score probably years before all my friends. Um, I remember people going, what the fuck? How? Like even my wife for a long time had over 800. Granted, I always kind of called her credit score my second one because mm-hmm. she was a housewife. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always like, your credit score is kind of just my other credit score because <laughs> you have you, you have credit cards and we had a car payment. But I pay it all. But yeah, I paid it all off. So like that's why your credit score is high. I mean, she worked for a little while. Some of, some of it's definitely her effort. But And then now because she runs half my business, basically, we're kind of like, I guess... My good credit score is part hers now, and her lower credit. It's joint. Cre- yeah, <laughs> we have two joint credit scores. Uh, but yeah, so I I had higher credit. It allowed me to go buy things my friends couldn't. It allowed me to just do certain things that some people couldn't do. But then when you get so far leveraged, you end up not being able to do things your friends can do. I can't just say, "Oh, I'm going over here," or "I'm going to Florida for a fucking concert," like. Like me. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't have room in the budget for that for sure. Especially since now that I'm self-employed, like it gets so much more sketchy. The, uh, but yeah, so the pros to being heavily leveraged, I bought my house real young. The market also skyrocketed. So there was a point in business last year where things got so tight. There was about to have to be some very painful decisions made. But then I was like, I have equity in the house. So I can pull this money out and fund my business and keep going, put my head down and just keep embracing the suck for a few more years to see how everything goes. Or I can say, fuck it now. And of course, obviously I'm still self-employed. So I decided to go that route. That's an option I had because I did all that stuff early. So not being able to go to concerts across the state or not being able to travel or go to bars every weekend, like so much of our friends did when we were younger that helped me later in life. I had something leverage. Like I gave you an example, like you not owning a house or something, an asset that you have equity in. Like if someone came to you and was like, Hey, we want to put your product in my store, but we need 10,000 units up front. Like in your case, you can't be like, this is a hard decision, but I could pull equity out of my house to fund these 10,000 units. And then let's mm-hmm. go. So there's, that's the downside. I think of not having any leverage, I, I mean, I could always be like, hey, bank, you want to help a brother out? Yeah. But even I tell people's credit scores are a finicky bitch because there was a long time, especially when I was younger, I had a great credit score, but I couldn't get anything because there wasn't enough history. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm the opposite. I have so much good credit history that they'll give me shit I shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, like I could probably go to a bank right now and walk out with a $50,000 loan and I shouldn't have another $50,000 loan and another <laughs> payment every month. But my credit score in history, like I've never been late on a payment ever. Um, I have one hiccup and it's not even a hiccup. I, fi- I did a buy here, pay here with a car. I totaled the car, but then that dealer accepted the check. And on the back of the check, the insurance company said, this is accepted to payments in full. You have to release the title, blah, blah, blah. They did all that. And I still owed them because being a buy here, pay here, you know, I paid about three times what that car was actually worth. But on my credit report, and you, the only people who found it was when I bought my house. So they only find it like on a super deep credit dive. Because mm-hmm. like other cars, when I bought my motorcycles, when I financed other vehicles, it never came up. But when I bought the house, like, what is this? Like, you have this thing, you paid on time for two or a year and a half, two years, and then it just says unpaid balance. And it's like seven years old. It never went to collections or nothing. Never went to collections, never went nothing. Huh. 
And uh, that dealership, I honestly think they were doing some really dirty things. Like I know they repossessed my buddy's car over $50. And they ruined the car during the process of repossessing it. Hmm. It was, I think they definitely did some shady shit. And I think that's why mine never got reported because I think they were doing something shady. And if they were to report it, it would have got them in trouble somehow. Yeah, there they some, some information would have been getting looked at. Well, they had like their own bank. Cause it's buy here, pay here. So they had like their own bank. And I almost wonder if my interest rate was illegal because okay. I had a stupid high interest rate and you know, there's interest rate caps. So I almost wonder if they were doing something weird. Cause I don't know why you wouldn't report it, mm-hmm. but yeah, never went to collection. It just says unpaid balance. Hmm. And they have since then went out of business. And when they went out of business, they literally like they had a big dealer down in Denver off high 25 and like Alameda you guys, if you're in there, you probably know who I'm talking about. Green and yellow. What's the color of the building? It's uh, Best Car Buys. Oh, okay. Uh, I was thinking of Rocky, but he's red and yellow. No, and he went out of business. Oh, did he? Yeah, during COVID, they sold everything. Um, No, so that they, I don't know what they did, but they were there one day, and then we were actually directional drilling on Alameda, so I was driving by every day, and then after a weekend, gone. Like Friday, cars were there, people were walking around looking at shit. Monday, empty. Really? Looked like an abandoned building. And then I was on Facebook. Just scavenged, ravaged. Yeah, everyone on, there was all these posts on Facebook like, what happened? Where do I make my payment? No one's answering the phones. Well, yeah, no one's one's there, Becky. Yeah, like, so I don't know what happened with them. They just literally disappeared. And people were like, I'm trying to make my payment. Because they were like, you had to pay every week on Friday. Like, because buy your pay your shit. Um, But yeah, they were like, like, how do I make my payment? Where do I get my title? Like, they just disappeared. I don't know what ever happened to them. But, hmm. So, yeah. I wonder what happened to those people and their cars. If I was them, I'd just drive the car until someone says something. Yeah. It was a super weird situation. I almost wonder if they got, like, forcefully shut down by the government or something. I don't know. That's where all those IRS agents that Biden hired, that's what they do now. Yeah. And they show, they show up on the weekend and rip your shit apart. <laughs> Apparently. But, yeah, so, anyway... What's your opinion on that? Do you do you ever regret like not trying to get more assets or do you enjoy the uh yeah, I might not be able to pull 20 grand out of my house, but I get to go to Florida next month for a concert. Like, <laughs> obviously, you enjoy one or the other cuz that's what you're doing. But. I yeah, so I mean, I I see the pros, I see I see owning the home. I mean, I owned the house in Texas and it was great. So it, it, it's just a matter of lifestyle that you prefer to live. I mean, I, I do enjoy the freedom that I've, you know, cre- I guess created yeah. for my, to allow myself to have. And it would be nice to, ha- you know, have a house in the future. Cause you know, you don't want to live in a fucking fifth building the, re- your, the rest of your life when you're 30. Yeah. I would get kind of old, but for current life situations, yeah, I mean it's it's great. I can, like you said, I can go to Florida whenever I want. I went to California because Stacy went out there, so I tagged along because I was able to. I didn't have to worry about anything. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just buy a plane ticket and go with you. You know, hung out, go out, go to fucking South Carolina, go to fucking Europe, and do all this fun stuff. You know, because I don't have to worry. I don't have this high overhead of money that I have to get paid every year or every, yeah. I'm sorry, every month. The biggest bill I have is the, is the fucking trailer. Yeah, Pickups paid off and all that stuff. Like I went over my bills a few weeks ago. I was like, what all do I have? I feel like I have a bunch of bills. No, it's a fucking trailer, a phone and insurance. Yep. Pickups paid off everything. Everything's taken care of. 
the more we talk about this, the more I'm kind of thinking I like both. And I think you just need to do it slightly different than I did it. I think, and slightly different than you, you need to mix what you've done in your past and what I've done in my past to get to kind of where you're at now. The ultimate freedom. Yeah. I think dun, dun, dun. I hear it a lot. You know, with a, I, I've seen this Instagram reel flying around where it's like, uh, people say when you're younger, that's when you go party. That's when you go do this. That's when you go do that. And that guy's like, fuck that. That's when you grind. That's mm-hmm. when you work two jobs. That's when you work every hour of overtime you can get. That's when you drive a beater ass car and then you set yourself up for freedom when you're 30 and can really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is, you know, when you're 21 and partying, it's like, you don't see past Friday. Yeah. You're, you're you, you might Monday be, and you're like, all right, let's go Friday. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's the extent of your future is Friday, maybe the following Monday. Yeah. Um, I think if I were to give a young person advice, I would align with that guy. It would be buy your house as soon as you can mm-hmm. go finance a vehicle as soon as you can. Just be smart about it. Like obviously don't buy the Ford fucking platinum. Don't buy, I mean, maybe. If, you're, if, if your money allows it. Yeah. Don't, don't set yourself up to fail. Yeah, don't, don't over-finance yourself. Yeah. Because I definitely did that a couple times. There's a couple times where it's like, yeah, I need 10 hours a week overtime to make ends meet right now. Mm-hmm. I've been, had months where I was in that position. So base everything off of 40 hours a week if you're at a typical job. If you're an oil-filled guy, you know, just go off your averages and cut that average a little bit so you have some fluff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good thing. Cut it, yeah. Cut it down because everyone bases it off of, I, yeah, like you said, I, I have to work forty or I have to work fifty, just to make it. Yeah, for a, could, for a you, long time, I was a fifty-hour guy. Like anything less than fifty, and I got to go find a new job. Yeah, I'm if, not if you can't, just take ten hours off of that weekly. If you can't live off of that, because then that extra ten hours is, you know, save money. Yeah. You know, fix it money. F- fucking Florida money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if I were to give a younger person advice on the money side on how to manage your personal money, I would say work as much as you can when you're young, have fun as much as you can, but buy that house as soon as possible, buy a vehicle as soon as possible. I'm not even saying don't go to a buy here, pay here. Everybody tries to say that shit, but I was like, look, I was 20 when I bought that car. And it's like, I was burning through beater cars. Every car I was buying was breaking. You don't always have a thousand dollars cash to go buy another fucking beater. And buy here, pay here's you're not getting a good deal. So don't expect one but just make sure you buy the right thing. If you're going to a buy here, pay here, obviously don't buy a platinum from there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you, when you go to buy your Ford Platy, you go to Ford and you get a good finance deal and good interest rate and all that. Good you go warranty to, work. When you go to buy here, pay here, you just want to make sure they report to your credit. You want to buy the cheapest, most reliable car you think they got and you want to pay it off as fast as you can. Yeah. It's not about fashion. It's about function. Yeah. So I would say try to do all that shit as soon as fucking possible. Be leveraged like be leveraged like I am now, but ten years earlier, and pay a little bit more than what the minimum is. Oh to, yeah, to get rid of that stuff. That way, it doesn't that that thirty year loan doesn't turn into thirty or fifty. It turns into a twenty. Yeah, and your car, your car that what it's normally a five year loan for your car. Yeah, two and a half, three years. Yeah, I mean, even with a mortgage, I think if you pay one payment extra a year, you cut on average like fifteen to seventeen years off your total mortgage. Oh really? Yeah, it's a huge amount. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so I mean, even if it's $2,000 a month and you, you you give an extra 120 bucks a month on your payment to eat, to reach that fucking, yeah. you know, one payment for the year, mm-hmm. you're yeah. setting yourself up pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to picture on a 30-year mortgage, but you're still going to be paying on it for 15 to 20 mm-hmm. years. But 
you're going to be real glad you did in 15 or 20 years. Yes. Or you're going to be paying on it ahead of time. So when you're 25, 30 and you're like, okay, I'm tired of Colorado. I want to move to Texas. You've got a lot of equity and maybe you can keep that house and rent it. And now you have an asset that creates money every fucking month for Mm -hmm. you. Or you sell it and you take all those proceeds because the market usually goes up. Like most property, name somebody who's bought property and sold it for less. It probably never happens. You might end up hanging on to it longer than you want to, but go back through time and you can't find anyone who bought something in 1990 that's worth less now. No. So I would say do all that shit early so you can use it to your advantage when you're your age now. Like imagine if you would have bought some shitty little house in the fucking Greeley when you were 21. Like obviously you don't want to live there forever, but you move, you move, you rent it. It's a rental. Now that you're contemplating some lifestyle changes, you could be like, I have this thing that's worth 200 grand right now. I can refinance it and take all that money to use for whatever I want, Mm -hmm. or I can sell it, get rid of it. Like you could have a lot of options that if you would have done that, imagine how cheap a house would have been if you would have bought it when you were 21. Fucking yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. You could probably be renting the thing right now for four or five times the mortgage. Oh yeah. So I, I think that would be my advice is kind of mix what I've done and what you've done. And I did that kind of, I just drug it out way too long. Welcome to the new Dave Ramsey show. Yeah. I hate Dave Ramsey. I actually like his advice a lot, but some of it's just fucking stupid. There, <laughs> there was a, a clip that hit home the other day. Cause it was this, this chick was remodeling a camper. Uh huh. I don't know if she was doing it for fun, flips it, or she was going to live in it or whatever. But it was an audio clip of him saying, if you buy a camper, boat, or some sort of recreational vehicle, you're basically throwing your money in a fire pit. I was like, wow, that hurts. Because <laughs> it, it's kind of true. It's it's also not true, though, because that's where, that's where I hate celebrities being disconnected from the middle class. Do campers have retained value for so long nowadays? I mean, yeah, if you take care of them, do they're fucking great. Well, and they retain value. Like, um, COVID was obviously a, a monkey wrench in things, but dude, I see, like I run that big camper page. I see campers that are 10 years old selling for 20 grand, right? And they might've bought them for 70, 80, 90 grand, but they've been using it for 10 years, having a ball with it. Mm-hmm. So you got to value the use. But then when you're selling that thing, like it's not depreciating as fast as a car does. Mm-hmm. I have a truck that's two years old worth half of what it's what I owe on it. Yeah, know? the moment it leaves the fucking lot. So I'm just like, um, granted, obviously, I wouldn't say go invest in a bunch of campers and sit on them. No. Proper, property's different. But I do, I hate his approach sometimes. Because honestly, what really pisses me off is so much of his advice is like what I'm saying right now. It's like pretty basic. Don't overspend. Save as much as you can. And he makes money off of it off the basics that's cool but what i hate is when he says shit like people talk about their problems and he's like rice and beans rice and beans and i'm like fuck off dude like i have two kids like if i called you right now with my problems you'd be like sounds like you just like he says shit like oh you owe on this car sell it it's not that easy to sell on a car you have financed like he acts like it's like selling it on facebook it'll be done by friday mm-hmm. like when you have a finance like you're about to deal with that with your camper like it's not an easy thing when you got banks involved and someone has to have a credit score and all this shit. Like, but he always says, sounds like you just need to sell that car. Cause you're too far upside down on it. It's like, you think I'm just going to put it on fucking Facebook and it's going to be gone by Friday. Right. Like you're so like some of his advice is 
just annoying. Yeah, too far out there. Yeah. Speaking of that, guys, I have a trailer for sale. Ha. <laughs> yeah, that you do. Just reach out and ask. Yep. <laughs> I figured I'd throw that one in there. Definitely. I mean, we're talking about money. We might as well just waste it on my trailer. Yeah. Not waste it. No, I think my biggest the piece of advice is, like I said, though, do all the shit I did as soon as you can. So then when you're your age, you kind of have the best of both worlds. Yeah. You have the assets that I owe on and you have the freedom that John has right now. So then you can do both. I think that would be the best piece of advice I could tell a younger 20, 21 year old person. Work your ass off all the hours you can get. Yeah. Find don't, don't party. Don't drink it all the way though. No, no, don't drink it not, all the way. Not recommended, but yeah, buy that house, buy those cars, get a few credit cards. Don't be scared of fucking credit cards, get credit cards and just don't be dumb with them. Um, so I remember a few years ago that someone reached out to me asking what they should do on getting a credit card. So maybe we can kind of wrap that up with people that maybe, maybe there's a younger listener that never had a credit card or someone that's trying to learn about credit cards. How, where would you get your first one? My first one was from Capital One. How easy was it to get? What'd you have to do? Fill out an application. Took like five minutes. Okay. That was it. That was it? Yep. I already had a good credit score by then too. Okay. Because so then what do you, um, so say I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm trying to lay to this out f- for like an 18 year old coming right out of high school. That's get, that's trying to okay. start. So uh, I might've lied. I'm trying to think about it now. I think I actually financed a motorcycle and then got a credit card. Yeah. This has been a long time. Uh, so my very first one, I waited for a very long time cause I was always against them. Yeah. My first one was through my bank. They gave me one. It had like a $300 limit. Was it like the secured? Did you have to give them a deposit? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. So I tell people like get a credit card any way you can. Um, unsecured is obviously easier, but they have secured credit cards. That's where you have to give them 300 bucks and they give you a credit card with a $300 limit. And then you use it and they just kind of hold on to that 300 bucks forever. Hmm. And then when your credit score gets higher, you can get other credit cards. Like I remember my, some of my friends being like, how the fuck when me and Haley were like, 22 23 we had credit cards with ten ten thousand dollar limits already like it's dangerous it is very dangerous yeah. <laughs> it's super dangerous there might have been a few splurge buys because you have that that access yeah it, it definitely helped fund my florida trip because i was like oh shit time's coming i need a fucking flight and a hotel room Ching. yeah i've done a few like oh i've been such a uh I've been such a good boy lately. Yeah, I've been such a good boy for six months. I haven't been wasting money. I haven't been doing all this. Blah, blah, blah. Gander Mountain, $10,000 limit. A few pew pew sticks later, you're just like, I just offset all the good saving I've been doing for six months. <laughs> but it also came to help me out when I had to start a business with no money, mm-hmm. you know, so that they were there for me. Okay, so for that 18-year-old. Oh, yeah, just get one. Go, okay, to, your, go then, to your bank or go to any of the major carriers. So then, like, because I remember being asked, how does it work? Obviously, the this person that provides this card gives you like a three three thousand dollar limit for your very first card. Mm-hmm. You spend a hundred dollars, you owe them a hundred dollars if you have not paid it by the time that they put interest on it. So then you might have, owe a hundred seven. Yeah. So people always have different advice on that. I have noticed your credit score climbs faster as long as you're you have to use it. Um, the idea of using it and then paying it off right away. The bank, the banks don't, I don't think they like that because they want to see they make a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had a balance and I've had balances that are way too fucking high. And I've had balances, like I've had credit cards that have sat at zero so long they closed them. 
Um, so I say use it. Don't pay it off. Like I know a lot of people that get one, like use it at the gas station all week and then pay it off on payday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think that like, they didn't see the same results I seen. And maybe that's just because I had capital one and maybe they were using city. I don't know, but I've, what got my credit score really high at first was credit cards. I think I'm trying to think so. Oh no, no, no. So I think the first thing I bought was the car actually the buy here, pay here car. Okay. And then maybe I got a credit card. Which car was that? That black Dodge neon. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, just get one, go to your bank, whether it's, you can get one at fucking Walmart. Yeah. You can get, yeah, I got one at guitar center because I bought fucking biggest thing. Electronic drums. Like, do you want to finance this? Here's a credit card. Yeah. So the biggest thing is just make sure whatever you're doing is getting, uh, reported. Mm -hmm. Um, some credit cards, they're not all equal, but I always say just start, man. I'm really trying to think actually, I think the first thing I had like that was a credit card is I think Haley had to have some dental work done when we were real, real young mm-hmm. and they financed it through like, it was called like a care credit card. Oh yeah. Okay. Because you can finance anything. I've financed stereos for cars. Oh, yeah. Anything <laughs> I, can be financed. Yeah. If they'll give you a card for it, just make sure it reports and just don't let it get carried away and don't be mad when you're paying that interest. There's your credit score comes with a price. You have to pay to get it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but be careful because I can tell you when you have a $12,000 balance and you make a $300 payment, the next day they slap you with $180 interest charge. So it does take a while. So don't let them get high unless you, you're, you're about to take some big risks like I did with my business. Because when you do let them get high, they become a hindrance real quick. Yeah. And if you do get in a position where I was when I was younger where you were irresponsible for a little too long, uh, consider personal loans. Cause I went and pulled a personal loan. The interest rate was 20% lower cause credit cards are usually going to be high twenties. Mm-hmm. So I got a personal loan for like 8% interest paid off all those credit cards. And so I was paying less every month. And then I had another loan that I paid off, which made my credit score go up too. So I say, just get one, get one. And don't be too dumb with it, but use it. I see a lot of people get one and then they don't use it and they don't understand why their credit score only changed five points. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to use it. Sorry, we're talking about credit cards and I'm making my monthly payment right now. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing, always be on time. Dude, I've had the same app for like 10 years. I put my credit card due dates and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it just dings on my phone. So What app is that? uh, Well, now I've just been using Apple Reminders. Oh. But it's called Alarmed. Okay. It's the one I've used for years on each phone. I liked Alarmed because you could actually like set settings and it says go off on this day, on this time, every month, and then keep going off every hour until I check the box. Because sometimes you're at work and you're fucking busy. Yeah, I'll get to you later, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So biggest things, don't be late on payments. That's it's called I, what? Alarmed? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's got this little icon, green finger with a bow. It should have the middle finger instead of the number one one. <laughs> you're fucking late, bitch. But yeah, I've had that app for fucking, I think since I've had an iPhone 3, dude. <laughs> Oh shit! I've had that for a long time. That was a very iPhone three. That was the very first phone. Three uh, GS. Yeah. Remember you had to get the S. Yeah, the S's and the C's, the colors and all that shit. Maybe oh it's, yeah. Maybe it's iPhone four days. I don't know. These are the three G or the four G. Yeah. Just speaking of that, dude, I was driving around the other day where I had to refresh my phone and it said three G. I was like, um, the cell service. Thing? Yeah. I was like, excuse me. Mine does that all the time. I need to get a new one because I don't even think mine's five G capable. I still have the iPhone like. 10. Yeah, you're like my parents. You're seven phones behind. Yeah, my screen's all broken. It still works. Get out. with the times. 
Apple, come on now. Hook them up. We got everything out here is Apple. I'm watching my money. I just paid them off. <laughs> so, yeah, my advice is first first order of business, if you're 18, get that credit credit card somewhere. Um, you can even, some banks will do a line of credit with your bank account that reports to credit agencies kind of like a credit card. Okay. So you look into that because I remember I had one of those with First Bank when I was really young. So get a credit card and just slowly work your way up. But the sooner you do it, the sooner you buy it, the sooner you're going to build equity in it. But just be reasonable with it. Like maybe you don't go buy the Platy when you're 18. Maybe you just buy the F-150 base model. Mm-hmm. Roll that around. Or I mean, if you're really smart and you don't want a piece of shit that breaks down all the time, buy a Chevy. Dodge. Come on. Go. No. Um, buy yourself a nice Chevy. It'll last you forever. They never break down. They're fucking great. That's all I got. How many, ta- how many times have you? Uh, never mind. <laughs> I tell people my shit has broke down a lot, but I also work my shit really fucking hard. Yep. Old trusty behind me here has 345,000 miles on it. Oh, sh- really? Yeah. Damn. And it still beat your Dodge. Go oh, jag race right now. <laughs> well, yeah, mine's a fucking gasser. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's equal. You just got like 100 miles on it. You never drive that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just hit 150. Yeah. Like tw- and it's fucking making noise. Like 20 years later, you've had that truck forever. That, But see, you bought that truck pretty young, and it's paid off. Yeah. And now it's comfortable. You got a good, re- you got a good, hopefully reliable truck for a Dodge. and It's great. I, no, I need no a, payment. I need a little bit. I need to take some looking into it because it's making a little noise, but I'd much rather fix it and then go put the hundred bucks or however much it costs to fix it instead of, you know, buying another 50 grand pickup be- yeah. well not 40 grand pickup because I don't need a big one. Yeah. But, but you pickups were also, are expensive. You were also smart when you bought that truck. Cause I'm sure you could have went and bought the, uh, high country. Oh dude. When I, when I, when I was looking at buying a pickup, I wanted the power wagons until I realized that they were geared lower. So you get worse gas mileage. And I was like, okay, well I don't want that. I wanted the sport. Because those are nice. And then I saw the monthly payment, which was like $800 a month. And then insurance on top of it was like, fuck no, I'm not paying a grand a month on this pickup. That's what I'm saying though. So I bought my fucking Bighorn that was like $400 a month. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you made a you made a good decision is you still went and bought something, but you didn't max yourself out. Because yeah. you could have went and bought the 3,500 mega cab fucking yeah, dual Laramie Longhorn. Yeah. And then had this twelve hundred dollar a month payment that, that could have really bit in the ass five years ago. I can't believe how much how expensive pickups are nowadays. Like when I buy when I when it comes time to buy another pickup, I don't see myself buying a fucking twenty five hundred, thirty five hundred diesel unless there's an absolute reason for it. Yeah. I'll keep buying fifteen hundreds. Yeah. No, I I I tell people uh if I went back in time I would have bought a gasser at first, but once I started my business, it was real nice to have a diesel. Oh, yeah. And they're going to bury me in that truck. I'm really attached to it. <laughs> so people say, you're going to give it to your kids? I was like, no, it's my coffin. What I'm are you like, talking That's going to be a big hole. Yeah. I have to get fucking your company out there with an excavator and dig there it for you. But, Perfect. Uh, yeah. So I tell people, just get started soon and don't go overboard. So get your wages right. Get your money right. Mix, mix Albert's. Mix both of our, our experiences, money styles together. And you'll probably be slightly better than both of us now. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, we should wrap it up. I don't even, that was a long. On top of that, we should be on top of is checking our social medias. Yep. So <laughs> making sure that we, we're well, not making sure we would very much appreciate it. If every one of you went in there and hit the like subscribe or said 
nothing in a comment. Just put a period. Give us that number, you know. But we have Instagram, the underscore blue collar underscore syndicate. Facebook, the blue collar syndicate podcast. TikTok, blue collar syndicate pod. And like we have in the previous episode, if you reach out, we will talk about them and give you our best advice that we possibly can. We're not licensed therapists, so don't ask us for stuff like that. But I mean, we'll still we'll still try, but we're not a therapist. That's a fact. Not Dave Ramsey either. No. <laughs> we're just two dinks giving you our opinion. Oh, I forgot about the dinks, the dink duo. The dink duo. But yes. yeah, social yes. medias, help us out, help you. Maybe we'll do another giveaway in the future with a different hammer or something better. Yeah. Hammer is just a starter. Yeah. And we've still never heard from you, Peter. <laughs> Tell us if you like the hammer or not. For sure. I just know you got it. <laughs> but I got to pee. Let's roll. See ya. See ya.